You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. In the village of Woodhouses, just outside Failsworth, there is a ghost known to locals who is sometimes called the Crime Lake Boggart, or Peggy's Lantern, as she's sometimes named. It's thought the legend came about as a result of flooding caused by a canal culvert blocking the Crime Valley. And this is how Crime Lake was formed in 1795. Now, it's said that there are two cottages set beneath the murky depths of the water. The River Medlock runs through this area, and this is one of the rivers that joins the River Irwell around Manchester city centre. The River Irwell is one area that has a high number of strange wildman reports and a large number of missing males, as does the River Medlock. Peggy's Lantern was a name well known to our first witness. As I said, Peggy's a local tale told to children who dare to visit the Crime Lake area at night. Claire, who grew up in the area, would play there with others and the children would often hear things moving around in the woodland. Many years later in her teens, Claire had an experience she's never forgotten. Close to Crime Lake and the Daisy Nook Nature Reserve, there is a small public house, no longer used as a pub. The building remains the same. I met up with Claire in the Daisy Nook Cafe with some members of the Winter Hill investigation team. We chatted about mutual experiences and when Claire was comfortable, we discussed the event that still puzzled her to this day. Claire said, As a child, we used to come down here to play and we'd often hear strange noises in the bushes and we'd just put it down to the local legend of Pegalantan. You'd hear noises and stuff, but we'd all think it was just kids trying to scare us. If you played near the canal, you would hear the bell ring or see the lantern and we'd all run for home. There would be something rustling and sounds of movement in the woods there, but nothing you could see or make out. When I was around 19, I was on a date with a lad that I was seeing, and we went to the pub that has a little phone box next to it. It was called a crime view at the time. Now it's an Italian restaurant. If I remember correctly, I had maybe half a lager and we'd been playing pool. We left the pub, walked a little ways down the road, 
and we're both standing there just chatting on the pavement close to the trees. From nowhere came this mighty roar. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't a growl or a roar, more a mixture of the two. It was nothing that myself or the lad recognised. It wasn't your usual wildlife. It wasn't a fox or a deer or anything like that. The roar was coming from a place on level with us, but the land has a steep embankment there. So whatever growled at us was either really, really tall or it was in one of the trees close to us. I can't describe just how deep this roar was. It was like a lion's roar, a very deep baritone roar. It was so shocking. We both just froze to the spot and I turned to the lad and asked him, did you hear that? And he said, that big roar? Yeah, I did. And at this point, he suggested we go and wait in the old phone box and call my dad to come and get us. As I was ringing with my dad, we were both holding on to the small glass partitions on the box in the hope of keeping that door shut tight. For all we didn't see anything that could have made the roar, it was so deep and so loud, it had to be close. I've asked myself over the years if we really did hear it, and I know we did. People have asked me if it was just a person or a sick animal. I've never heard anything like that raw before or since. It was a deep, guttural raw, and I've tried to recreate it over the years, but I can't do it. The slope's on an embankment, and it's really steep, and it could not have been a person from the pub or any human playing a prank. When I got home, I told mum and dad what had happened, and my dad said, don't worry about that, it's probably nothing. But he did say not to go there again at night. I remember gripping that phone box door and holding on as tight as I could, which is pretty impossible to do, waiting for my dad to arrive and pick us up. At this point, I asked Claire to tell me some more about the experiences she had close by when she was a child. I wanted to know if the rustling noises she heard playing as a child had any connection to the experience close to the pub. And she explained... If my parents had known I was playing down near Crime Lake at night, I would have been in a big trouble. One particular day, I remember there was a group of us, a mix of girls and lads. I was about 10 years old then, and we were all hearing these large rustling noises coming from the trees close to the path behind the fence. It was dark in there, as there wasn't much light within the trees. It was just this one noise, and we all set off running like rockets. All we could think about was the legend of Peggy and that she was coming to get us. Now, I know most towns have a legend that scares kids, and Peggy Lantern was the one we heard about the most back then. I did tell my parents what happened, and I was grounded for being down near Crime Lake at night. It was lovely meeting up with a witness at Daisy Nook. We were able to sit in the cafe and have a cuppa while we chatted with Claire and her daughter about similar events that we'd had as children. Claire remembered being very small and asking her mum to move the raggedy witch which would be crouched under the unit in a bedroom at night. Mum would come in and remove her, and then I could settle down and sleep. I remember playing dead under the covers so the things in my room would leave me alone. I think, like many of us, Claire has had a lifetime of strange events, and these experiences run in families as we know. I chatted with Claire's daughter about an event she remembers when at night in a room at home, something would gently tuck her hair behind her ear, in what at first was a frightening experience that over time became less scary and almost comforting. 
As myself and the WIT team were planning our visit to Daisy Nook to meet Claire, we received a report from a gentleman walking his dog close to Hartshead Pike, which is quite close by, and we decided to visit the area to see where the event took place. The man's local and did have some really good information to share that I think may hint at something strange moving around in the area. Or is it the area itself that attracts the unexplained going on? Our next witness is named Johnny and he was happy to share his experience and share some interesting facts about the place. He even provided an image that is very close to the depiction of the creature he saw that day. And Johnny said, Hart said Pike in Ashton on the line is where I had my encounter with a dogman creature. The place is full of dark history like the Moors murders and the tales of Boggarts and Fay. I tend to stay away from that area, if I'm honest. It's said by locals that the place is full of witchcraft and devil worship events. I don't mind sharing what happened that night. It was a few years ago now when I was walking on Mosley Road near the lane that leads up to the pike when something caught my eye in the field. I looked closely and there was a creature crouching there, down on all fours. At first, I thought it was an ordinary large dog. And then I realised this dog had red eyes and it was just crouching there, looking at me. I was completely shocked. I looked back at it, trying to work out what it was. Those few minutes I was standing there felt like a lifetime. I thought to myself, right, Johnny, just keep on walking and act normal. So I did exactly what my gut was telling me to do. And when I looked back, the creature was gone, like it had never even been there. If I had to describe what it looked like, I'd say it was about six feet from head to tail in length and about four feet from the ground to its eyes. Before this happened, I never believed in stuff like this. It's hard to believe that Manchester's only about a 15-minute drive away from here. I believe what I saw that day was a Type 3 Variant 2 Dogman. Now, Johnny did send me an image that you're seeing now, and this is a very close depiction of the creature he saw. If you're listening on the podcast, there's a link below that will take you over to YouTube where you can see the image. There are other strange reports from the area that include a strange donut-shaped craft that hovered over the pike, and it was witnessed by three children from the same family. There's also a dogman account at Upper Mill on the other side of town, where a man was shadowed by a huge werewolf-like creature as he was walking home late at night. This event happened around 1993, and he described the event as, The first thing that happened was, I was certain I was being followed, and then I heard something really strange. It was a howl. Whatever I had felt following me made that howl. This thing was keeping pace with me, but I just couldn't see it at first. I stopped, and I looked over, and I saw something big and very dark, this thing was making a lot of noise. As I quicken my... You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. It stayed exactly the same distance away from me at all times. I just didn't know what to do. It looked to be around seven feet tall, and it was very well built. The head on this thing was similar to a German shepherd dog and it was on two legs, standing upright. Now, if that isn't creepy enough, there is a spooky tale from the area that you may enjoy. The most haunted road in the village of Lees was Church Street, formerly known as Sorcery Lane. And it was a short street, but it had two different and terrifying spirits. One of the old dwellings acquired the name of Boggart House in consequence of it being haunted by a hobgoblin, which had the appearance of a calf, some said with a cap on its head, and others said it had a frill around its neck. A woman, meanwhile in the same street, had murdered two children in her cellar, and the restless ghosts of these poor children flitted up and down the road for all to see. A little further away, but not that far, there's another event that I think is very similar to what happened to Claire, and this is known as the Brotherton Woods Growl, and it happened in August of 1990. Now, the location this happened in is a couple of miles uh, northwest of Nottingham, and it's in the Selby districts of North Yorkshire. The woods themselves are split into two by the A162. So you have the West and East Woods, and this is the location of the old Great North Road. Our witness said, back then I worked in a warehouse in Nottingham. One night I got talking to a workmate who told me about an experience he'd had when he'd been in Brotherton Woods with some friends a couple of days earlier. He was with his girlfriend and another couple and they had a kind of a den there and they would just often spend the night camping out in this den. They'd take some beer and wine and just chill out. The den wasn't something a kid would make. It was done properly. It had a shelter which resembled a small shed made out of what they could find and they'd got seating and it even had a perimeter fence. This particular night, he explained that they'd lit a fire and had some drinks. It was quite late, it got to 1, 2am in the morning. The fire was dying down and everyone was tired. So they're in the process of settling down for the night and going to sleep. Suddenly, he heard strange sounds coming from the woods just outside the perimeter fence. It was pitch black outside, save for the glow from the fire. They agreed that the sound was like something big, moving around as you could hear twigs snapping and branches being roughly moved around, etc. And then we heard a growling noise that he described as loud, deep and guttural. All four of them were now fully awake and in a state of panic. The growling, guttural noise continued and moved around the fence as though whatever was out there was circling the fence 
looking for a way in. After realising this thing wasn't going away, they decided the safest option would be to leave altogether as a group and go back through the woods and back into Brotherton, and that's what they did. It would seem there are many areas in the UK like this with experiences very similar to the ones you'll hear tonight. Areas that are rife when it comes to cryptic creatures, paranormal and supernatural events. Nottingham is an area just like that. Now, not the reports in Sherwood Forest, although they are very important, but some more obscure events that are not easy to explain, also along the river. One of these events is a new report that's coming to BBR just this month. A gentleman got in touch with me and made a report from an area that he knows as Whitegate Woods. And he said, I've recently discovered your site and I've listened really carefully to many of your uploads. But no one so far has described what I've encountered in Nottingham 44 years ago now. It was 1978 and I was walking along the edge of a wood known here as Whitegate Woods. I think on the map it's marked as Glapton Woods. As I was walking the wood, the woods were off to my left side and there were houses to my right. When I walk, I generally walk looking at the floor. But on this occasion, I was looking ahead of me and that's how I saw her. She came from nowhere. All of a sudden, there was a woman standing alone about 200 feet ahead of me. It confused me because I didn't notice her approach. And as I got to about 40 feet from her, she said something, but I didn't quite catch what she said because I wasn't expecting her to speak. I asked her to repeat what she'd said and she told me, I live here. I instinctively looked at the houses to my right, thinking she meant she lived in one of the homes. And I answered, oh, right, which one? And she didn't answer me. And on turning to face her, she had backed into the shadows of the wood, but she was still clearly visible. She changed shape somehow. Her face was no longer the face of a woman was something I've struggled to describe since this happened. It was not an animal, nor a human. The closest thing I could come to would be to say that she was very insect-like. I remember becoming very afraid and hurrying away. I've never been that way since, and I had no plans to go that way again. I know now, beyond all doubt, that shapeshifters are real. Now, I don't have any reports of female insect beings, but there are some reports of insectoid creatures here in the UK. A young man in Warwick saw a mantis-like creature as he was travelling home from work. Paul Frogger, who's 26, has sketched the strange creature that he saw and he likened its pure alien hatred towards him as akin to watching a spider eat a fly. He explained how he'd fled after stumbling across the creature as he cycled home through the woodland in Warwick. Paul said, It sounds crazy, but I felt like I could sense its feelings towards me. And it was just like pure alien hatred. You know when you're watching a documentary with David Attenborough and you see a spider eating a fly? It was just a malevolent sense of evil. Paul was forced to leave his job after sharing this event. And he added that he'd been left traumatised and he now struggles to sleep. The event happened when he was cycling through Oakwood and Blacklow Spinner, shortly after finishing a 12-hour shift at a dog food warehouse. And that happened on the 16th of July, 2020. He said, 
On that morning, it was about 5am, and I was cycling home from work, and I saw something odd in the sky. It was a glowing orange sphere, and it was just hovering above the horizon. At first, I thought it must be Venus or a satellite of some kind, but it seemed to be much closer than either of these things. I stopped on my way to take some photos. The object looked a fair bit bigger in person than visible in the photographs. And this is when the object started to move around and rotate in shape. I could see it was circular, with a part sticking out from its main body. When this started, I got chills down my back, and I felt like there was something wrong here, and I hurried on my way home. And as I kept cycling, I could swear the object was moving along my course, but I just told myself it must be some kind of optical illusion. I entered a wooded area, and I lost sight of the object through the trees. And usually at this time of the morning, there's a chorus of birdsong and incense, but the woods were dead silent. He said, as I cycled down the path, I came around a bend, and I saw something I will never forget. Standing a few metres ahead of me was what I can only describe as a humanoid praying mantis. This thing was at least seven feet tall, and it was light green in colour with a triangular-shaped head and big, oval black eyes. It had all the features of a mantis, but it stood on two legs and had a somehow human-like shape about it. I was completely frozen with fear, but what felt like an age, but it was probably only a matter of seconds. I stared into this creature's eyes and it stared back, and I felt like it could read my mind, and I could read its. My fear was replaced with completely alien thoughts of utter hatred and evil. I felt it projected from this thing. I suddenly snapped out of this hypnotic state and it made a step back as if it was going to pounce on me. He must have been absolutely terrified and I hate the fact that when he's told people about it, they've ridiculed him. I mean, <clears throat> what would you do in that situation? You know, five o'clock in the morning in a woodland and you see something like that. Now, there is a chap called Michael Ian Black, and he runs a blog called The Black Files, and you can find it, Michael in Black's Wix. Now, he claims to have captured images of chameleon-like reptilian creatures in the Clapham Woods area in Sussex. Now, that's an area rife with rumours of decades-long occult worship. The pictures, if genuine, are said to show reptilian-like entities that are blended with the trees with on which they sit. Now, the insect-like aliens are said to be up to six feet in length, with arms and legs, and they are seen in the form of what looks like a praying mantis. Reptiles can change their colour to match any surroundings. He said, they could be... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In your house and you'd not be able to see them. Now, sadly, these images are not online anywhere that I can find. So I have no way of sharing them with you or seeing them for myself. I do recognize a description, though. The description Michael used to describe the aliens as cloaking in the trees reminds me of the predator type reports uh, where figures are cloaked or in stealth and they are said to remain hidden. They are often referred to as shimmer man, glimmer man, prismatic beings, but genuinely known as a predator like being, normally followed by the sentence from the movie. Earlier in our first report, Claire said whatever made the growl she heard was very close by and was either really tall or it was sitting up in a tree. Now, when I met Claire at the cafe, I did briefly explain how I had heard that description many times before, and my mind went instantly to a case I covered last year that happened in Cornwall. It came through to me in spring of 2021, and the last said, Hi, Deborah. I contacted you after an event that happened this spring in the garden of our new cottage. I live in the southeast of England and we moved in here in the summer of 2019. The cottage is new to us, but it was built in 1794 and it's maintained all of its original features. Now there's a beautiful stone fireplace in the main room. And on the day after we moved into the cottage, our female cat seemed to be interacting with someone or something that I couldn't see. I came into the room and she was sitting on the ground looking as if she was being petted all the while looking towards the old stone fireplace. She then began to track around the room as she watched something I couldn't see, as it or they moved around the sitting room of the cottage. She was completely transfixed. I tried to draw her attention to me, but she wouldn't look in my direction. I called her name, and she still didn't break her concentration. And then she turned and watched as it or they walked out of the room and went into another one. I came to realise she was watching more than one individual. I've noticed her react like this a couple of times now. And quite recently, May of 2021, one of my family members was videoing the cat as she was again acting as if we were not alone. And in the video, you hear my family member call her name. And as he does, a white mist moves across him and the cat. I have a Reiki teacher who visited after we moved in. And she was able to pick up on 17 spirits that were connected to this house. I had experiences that I felt were made to get my attention. And one very high energy experience around the area of the room where the cat was looking. I could feel energy pressing on me. And my arm hairs were standing straight up. I could also feel a strong feeling of cold air. I've never felt scared though as I accept the spirit world. I don't see spirits, but I feel things. Since I was a child, I've just known that there's far more out there than we first see. I'm relaxed about the activity, provided it stays fairly non-obtrusive. We've been here almost two years now, and it's stayed fairly positive, but it will occasionally make itself known in a more mischievous than a menacing way. This spring, I had an experience with something out in the garden that had red eyes. Or I should say, I believe they were red eyes. 
I stepped out one evening and I saw something move as it went up the hedge that surrounds the garden as I was watching it. And at first I thought that the two red orbs were lights of some kind. They were about a foot or two from the ground and then they shot straight up to around nine feet. After this happened, I went into the garden in daylight to double check the height to see if there was anything around that I could have confused for those red orbs. This made me realise I really had seen something invisible that was low down in the hedge of my garden and that then rose to around nine feet in height. I'm unsure due to the darkness if this being stood up to that height or if they were in the trees themselves watching me at the nine feet height. On other days, as I'd been walking through the woodlands, I heard a huge kerfuffle in the bushes as if something big was making a racket. When I got out to the garden, now I'm a little bit wary. I always take a torch with me. And at the time, I wasn't scared so much as I was a bit confused. The very similar reports for all Claire's is in Oldham, <clears throat> and this lady's happened in Cornwall. They're hearing something within those bushes that stands out to them as unusual. It's not a noise you've heard before, regardless of whether you're 10, 30, 60 or 100. You hear something that you can't explain. And then you realise that whatever it is, is right there in front of you and you just can't see it. Is it there up in the tree watching and that's why it's so high? Or is that its body length? kind of frightening either way I suppose. Let's lighten things up. Our last report tonight is an account that was told to me many years ago and it features a rare glimpse of a creature being seen up in the branches of a tree and that doesn't happen very often. I can think of some. Um, Karen springs to mind, um, a girl who was six in the northeast of England. She actually lived in Stanley. She was in the Tanley area and she saw what she described as a wild man completely covered in hair and he was up in the tree and he was holding a sharp tool or implement and really strangely this year because this happened in 74 this year we had a report from the same area from three people who all saw a humanoid dark figure that morphed or shape-shifted into a different shape and each of those people described what it morphed into in a completely different way. So the first person said he saw a dark human age shape and it merged into what you would call like a black stallion or a horse. The second person said to him it looked more like a dog, a thickly muscled big dog. And the third person who was a lady said to her she couldn't tell if it was horse-like or like a minotaur and it had flaring nostrils. And that comes up over and over again for me. And that kind of ties all of the reports that we've heard tonight together. So let's go to Henfield. Um, I absolutely, I remember this so much. I remember all of the reports that come in. But some of them have something about them that makes you not forget. Um, for example, the Jazz Smith, who was in Seven Oaks. He was uh, around about eight in his 
waiting to watch how the West was won. And he went to make a brew and he actually saw an ape's face at the window. And it's that mention of how the West was won that takes me back there each time. Now, I must be a similar age to this lady because we clearly had the same um, fashion taste. And she said, it was September 1990. as I'm about 16 years old. And it was on the 40-30 party of the mother of my best friend. We caravanners who camped often and we'd obtain use of a field behind a pub to put up the tents and caravans and barbecues, etc. for the weekend. The pub was quite a large beer garden, so the field would have been quite a way behind the pub, very near to the river Adore. My parents were also attending the party, but I was actually staying the night with my friend in an awning attached to her parents' caravan. I will admit, we did consume some alcohol earlier on in the evening, but it was mostly lemonade, and by the time the incident happened, we were completely sober. I have an exceptional memory for silly small details, and I can remember that evening very well. Even down to the white cut-off jeans I was wearing, I knew that I'd got them from the Gap in Brighton, and also a flowery shirt that I'd caught on some brambles in a ditch, and I'd ripped the back open. After my friend and I had settled down for the night, we were giggling and talking as girls do, and we heard some commotion outside of the awning. We heard a few twigs and things falling down on the canvas tent roof. Was it scary? It was, it was very late and very dark. And then we heard an animalistic growling, sort of a noise and a large thump and a kind of a squeak. It sounded like a small animal had been thrown at the roof. And immediately afterwards, I thought of that episode of Blackadder, you know, the, with Amy, the female highway woman who hates squirrels. And she shoots one out of a tree and it squeaks as it falls. It was like that. I even joked and said to my friend, that sounded like a squirrel hitting the roof. When I looked outside, I saw someone, something, standing up in a tree with its arms above its head. It was very dark and it was very broad and it had a humanoid shape. And I could just see one continual colour of darkness. I couldn't see clothing. No visible eyes or facial features or anything like that. Just the outline of a broad-shouldered human-shaped thing up in a tree. Now, I'm short-sighted, though, so I wouldn't have been able to get a really clear details like hair or anything like that anyway. I just remember it being very dark in colour, and it admitted a sort of guttural sound that sounded like, Nothing I've ever heard before or since. Now, there were other people camping in the field and maybe it could have been someone playing a joke, but it really didn't look like a person. I was terrified. I immediately stuck my head back in the awning. And when I eventually grabbed my glasses so I could take a proper look, it had gone. I didn't hear it get down or go. It had just gone. So for me to be able to see it without my glasses, it must have meant it was pretty big. And relatively near. But distance is not my forte, I'm afraid. My friend asked what it was, but my memory fails me what we said. I can't remember whether she looked as well or, you know, or we relied on just my description. I think we both just went to sleep, thinking we were dreaming. But when we both woke up, we both remembered it. We still talk about it from time to time, and she often says, do you remember that when that funny thing threw a squirrel at the roof at me mum's day? 
it was something I've thought about often as the years have gone on. And to be honest, until I saw your site, I didn't realise other people had seen it too. I just wish I'd gotten a better look at its face. But maybe, to a young girl, it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't. I hope you have enjoyed tonight's accounts. And I will be back next week with a whole host of new ones. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please subscribe. And if you have, click that bell and it will tell you every time there's a new upload. I will be back next Saturday, 8pm as usual, with a whole host of new reports for you. So until then, have a fantastic weekend. Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.